Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Providence, Southern New England Sports Original. Sports Original. 103.7 WEEI. Always live on the free Odyssey app. We now return to Meter and the Coach. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original. 1037 WEI. Welcome to the second hour of Meter and the Coach. Thanks for spending part of your Labor Day weekend with us. Man, how it sneaks up on you, Tim. What a quick summer. We say it all, all the time, but here we go. Here we are in September. NFL starts Thursday night, Patriots Eagles on Sunday, but we got college football on our minds. What a week one it was. And Zach Braziller does an outstanding job covering college sports for the New York Post. Joins us now. Good morning, Zach. How are you? What's up, guys? How are you? We're doing good. Thanks. Thanks for waking up with us. We got That's Colorado. Fun. We got Colorado and TCU. And that was just electrifying. I know you've written a lot about Colorado in the past, but are you buying the buffs after week one? I got to I gotta be honest. I, I was stunned that was even a game, number one, and number two, that they won. I mean, like, I understand TCU lost a lot, um, obviously, especially on that offense. But look, that defense returned seven starters. They were 20.5-point uh, favorites for a reason, and for Colorado, who I know a lot of people were, you know, trying to kind of downplay and say, look, this, this, this is going to take time. I, I, I wrote, I thought if, if Dion got to a bowl game in year one, it would be a great season. And I mean, I was stunned. Um, look, he, they clearly have two NFL players in, in, you know, in his son Shador and, you know, and, and the, the two way and the two way player. Um, but still, absolutely stunning. Um, I still want to see more to say, you know, this is more than just a bowl team. But, I mean, I don't see how anyone who follows could not be absolutely shocked to see them win that game. How soon does – do you think Dion's shtick is, is good for college football? Do you think it's, you know, something that will, will stay? Do you, think he'll, do you think he will stay? Is he a long timer in the game? I, look, I think he is good um, for college football. I do. Um, I don't think we have enough um, people who, who draw attention. I think there's too much of the same teams every year. Um, so yeah, I think he's good. Now I don't think he's going to stick at Colorado too long. I think he's you know he's going to want to win titles every year, and I think he's going to end up going somewhere else where he he can do that um, after a few years. But yeah, I do. I mean, I think Dion is. I think Dion likes this. I mean, he likes the spotlight. I mean, 
everyone knows he likes the spotlight, and he's going to get it in college. He's going to be able to recruit at an extremely high level. He's very senior with what he did at Jackson State and, and now Colorado. And, you know, look, some of his stuff is unnecessary. You know, calling out reporters after one game is you know, ridiculous. And some of the stuff he said when he took over, basically telling kids to go in the portal was, was obviously too much. But that's who he is. He's, he's going to do this stuff that's going to, get people to say what, you know, to get people to notice and say, what are you doing and all that stuff. But I do, I think he's good. Um, I think he's more good than bad. Let's put it that way <laughs> for college football. Zach, uh, thanks for joining us. I'm just wondering from your perspective with all the moves that we've seen in the last couple months and years with UCLA and USC starting it, moving to the big 10 and then, the Pac-12 just being rated, air-rated here in the last month. Uh, what's your feel of the future of the high-level college athletics, and do you think we're going to see more of this? And what's your opinion on the latest, especially with the ACC moves this week? Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt at some point you're going to see just two two super leagues. You know, I, I tweeted the other day that really college football should be its own entity. You know, um, make it to its own thing and just restore the old conference. I like it's the, the horse out of the barn. It's not going to happen, but my take was make college football its own thing and kind of restore the other conferences to the way they were. Um, because college football is obviously on its own. There's no question. It's, 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 it's on its own. You know, you, you don't have to ruin, you know, college basketball, college baseball, and all this stuff for college football. And, you know, it's obviously all about money, and we all know that, but it is silly because it's still going to be the same three or four teams to win it all every year. It's not like this is going to change the hierarchy of of the sport. And look, I, I love college football, but there obviously is a parity problem. It's always the same teams. We all, we all know that. Um, it, it's not going to change. But, you know, yeah, look, I think in the long run you're going to see two you know, kind of two super leagues. And, you know, um, I understand why the ACC did what they did, even though I don't really see how it, it changes things, but they, they felt like they had to do something. Um, I still, uh, I don't get why they wouldn't take UConn. Um, I don't necessarily think that would have been good for UConn in the long run, but I still don't understand why they wouldn't, you know, have taken them over, you know, an SMU or, you know, but it, it is what it is. But yeah, look, I, I don't think it's good for college sports, especially, you know, as a big college basketball guy, I don't think it's, it's good for college basketball, what's going on. Um, but it's the name of the game is money. And that's the issue. Well, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And that's why UConn probably wasn't considered or maybe consider seriously because they're not in a great TV market and Dallas is, is what it is. And Stanford and Cal is, uh, has the San Francisco and the West coast. So, but having said that, we saw Rick Pitino's comments earlier this week that he, he was commenting kind of, uh, in a sarcastic way about the travel, but having said that there are some rumors out there, maybe, you know, a lot more than we do about the big East, you know, what are they trying to expand? I know they've made some, uh, comments. Their commissioners made comments in the past, but there's been a lot of rumors in the last few months that the Big East is looking at Gonzaga. Where do you think the Big East stands in all of this? 
they've obviously talked, um, but all, all indications have been it's just it's just not feasible. Um, you know, financially, it just doesn't make sense because of what it would cost travel wise. Um, because it wouldn't just be basketball, obviously. You're talking baseball. Um, you're talking other sports, um, and it's just <clears throat> it. It's just I know they've looked into it. Um, I think the Big East is happy with where they are right now. I do think they should be proactive, but also they should not do what the ACC did, which is just do something to do something. The Big East is only going to do something that's going to really move the needle, like they did with adding UConn. Now, as great as an ad as Gonzaga be for basketball, it's just, you know, it's a location. It's just such a problem. Um, and everything I've heard is it's just the location is prohibitive for the way both both parties see it from this happening. Now, could this change? Yeah, of course. It, yeah, of course it can change. I just... I just don't think it's, I just don't see it as being realistic. You know, one thing, you know, one theory I've had is why not add Gonzaga and St. Mary's and you kind of create East and a West where Gonzaga and St. Mary's are, are part of, you know, a division with um, the teams in the, in the Midwest, like Butler, I like uh, DePaul and um, Marquette and, uh, and Creighton. Um, but right now that's not something the Big East has been willing to do. Zach Braziller of the New York Post is our guest. Zach, you guys did a great job with your college football preview section. Uh, a couple things I'd like to touch on, including Caleb Williams. Uh, I believe you wrote that story about him, and he's just tearing it up again, granted against lesser lights, but they, they blew out Nevada last night. Uh, Caleb Williams, is he the next Pat Mahomes? I know it's a tough question, but do you think – maybe Mahomes is a reach, but do you think he is a all-pro NFL quarterback in the making? Look, he clearly has he clearly has the ability. There, there's no question about that. Um, he's absolutely fantastic. He's been doing this his whole life. He was, uh, you know, a great player in high school. He's been a great player in college. Um, I'm not ready to say he's Mahomes, but he's absolutely fantastic. But here's the thing: he might he. There's going to be debate here. Drake May is really good. You know, there's the North Carolina quarterback who's probably a better athlete, who runs better, um, is fantastic. I, 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 as as good as Caleb Williams is, I don't think he's the no doubt number one. Now, I think he's that favorite and the likely number one, but Drake May is fantastic. And he was fantastic again last night when North Carolina beat South Carolina. Um, I, there's debate. You know, there. I talked to a scout who said there there are going to be teams that are going to prefer Drake May. Um, so I, I do think that is a very that's going to be a very interesting debate and topic over the next several months of who is the best quarterback prospect because these two guys are both really really good. Yeah, no, they certainly are, and I, I think it's going to be a rich quarterback class. Ewers from Texas, I know, you know, Texas fans might be clamoring for Arch Manning, but he's pretty good too, as he showed last night. I know he's he has his ups and downs, but is there a team or teams that you think are maybe under the radar in college football that may crack the college football playoff that people aren't talking about? You know, I <clears throat> I picked Washington. Um, I got I got a lot of shit from my. Uh, from my boss about that, who told me I was nuts, but I, I picked Washington to make the playoff. I, 
I love Washington. I really do. They were really impressive yesterday. You know, waxed uh, Boise State. They had the number one passing attack in the country last year. They returned basically everyone on that offense. Um, I love Washington. That is my sleeper. Interesting. Michael Penix threw five touchdowns yesterday. The man Indiana let get away. I he was. I think he's a legit Heisman Trophy contender. Um, he's he was really good last year. You know, he finally found help. Um, he he that was that was obviously an issue for him um, at Indiana. You know, kind of never really. He was always hurt. Um, his one really good year, I think he tore his ACL near the end of the year. But he he found help in Washington, and he's he's really good. They brought back their top receivers from last year. Um, they're, they're, they're a legit threat. I actually think the Pac-12 is very good. Utah is good. Obviously, USC, Washington. I know people are high in Oregon. I think the Pac- it's ironic the last year of the Pac-12, this might be the best year they've had in quite a while. Zach, as you know, we're in the middle of college basketball country up here. We, Meter and I <laughs> love our college football, but, uh, a lot of, change in the Big East this year at the coaching levels with Ed Cooley going to Georgetown. Of course, Kim English is here at Providence and you've got Rick Pitino down by you, a team you cover. Give us your overview of what's gone on in the offseason, these coaching moves, and uh, let's dig deep into what's Pitino been up to since he took over. Yeah, no, it's it's been a it was a fascinating off season. Really, really, there was no off season, uh, at least for me. I mean, you know, Patino takes over in late March and completely redoes the roster. They they re- return one guy who played last year in Joel Soriano. Um, he brought in some very good players, whether it was um, Chris Ledlam, you know, of Harvard, or Jordan Dingle from Penn. Simeon Wilcher, a top 30 recruit from New Jersey. He really stockpiled his team where I think they have a shot to be a preseason top 25 team. And to me, they should be a tournament team. St. John's fans are really excited. I mean, there's been off seasons where they've been excited, but to me, this is very different because to me, this is, there's no question. It's going to be a well-coached team. They're going to play defense. They're going to defend the three. Um, they're going to play hard because it's Rick Pitino. And now they have the talent to go along with the coach, I think they're, they're a team that can finish third to sixth in the league and be, you know, somewhere around this maybe five to eight seed in the tournament, um, which for St. John's is, is a big deal. I mean, they, they haven't done that. Um, been a, it's been, it's been a long, a long dark period. And now they bring in, you know, a New Yorker, a hall of fame coach, one of the great college coaches of all time to, to try to bring them back. And, and look, there's, there's legit, legit excitement for this program for the first time in a long time. And what about the other moves in the league? Uh, the move by Ed Cooley, obviously well-documented in this area. Uh, what was your thought on Ed going to Georgetown and then the hiring here of Kim English? Yeah, I mean, you you heard the whispers, and I still, you know, I really didn't believe it until it happened. Um but you, you you clearly heard the whispers, and he obviously thinks he could do more at Georgetown. And um, 
than, than he could at Providence. It, it is fascinating because Georgetown has obviously been really down for for several years, and I, I don't expect them to be great this year. Um, they'll, they'll obviously be better. It's, you know, it's possible to be worse than they have been the last few years, but they're very set up front. I, I think, you know, and he's kind of different than Patino, where Patino's really tried to get it going right away, bringing in a lot of older players. He's got more the younger side, kind of taking the longer view of, I want to build this, and I, I'm not looking for, uh, you know, to fix this overnight. Um, so I do expect it to take time, but he has brought in some good players, and, and I do think they will be improved. Um, you know, Kim Lewis is interesting, you know, because he didn't do, you know, he wasn't great at George Mason. Um, you know, did it, and, and now here he is in the Big East, and he's got to go up against the likes of Rick Pitino and Ed Cooley and Dan Hurley and Sean Miller and uh, Greg McDermott. I mean, it's, the league is now kind of has just is loaded from a coaching standpoint. Um, so, and here's this young guy who clearly knows what he's doing. I mean, he was a terrific college player. Um, he's worked his way up, and but now he's coaching at the high major level. He's never really won as a head coach in college before. Um, and I do like their team. I do think they have they have a lot of talent. I do think they're a tournament team, but there are many clear questions about him. Um, you know, you look at him, and, and then even at Villanova with, with Kyle Neptune, who had a great offseason with the transfer portal. But these are two guys who, who haven't really won yet um, as, a, as a college basketball head coach, and they're facing elite, elite, elite coaches. And that, to me, is a very interesting, you know, story of the biggest season, two of the better teams in the league, but with two very, very young, inexperienced coaches. That's a great subplot. There's no question. That's uh, Kim, Kim English is facing Hall of Famers pretty much every night. Uh, finally, Zach, tonight, good one in college football uh, at, at Orlando. LSU, number eight, uh, and number eight, Florida State. Florida State plays up here a couple weeks against BC. Uh, who do you like in that one? I'd go with LSU. I think LSU is the best team in the SEC West. Um I love Jaden Daniels, the the quarterback. He kind of does a little bit of everything. They really hit the transfer portal hard to beef up that defense. I, I think I, you know, I picked LSU to make the playoffs, so I'm sticking with LSU. But I think Florida State's good too. I, I it's obviously the, to me the by far the best game of the weekend. It, I love that it's kind of a standalone tonight. I'll go LSU in a close one, but I do think Florida State's good is good, and Florida State is gonna I think is gonna win the ACC. I just, I just think LSU is a little better. You know, LSU won the SEC West last year. I think they're a better team than they were last year. Um, so give me the, give me the best player, Jaden Daniels. All right, I'll, I'll take that. And tomorrow night, don't sleep on Clemson and Duke. Sold out Wallace Wade Stadium. It's a basketball school now, Zach, or it's a football school now. Hey, they had a good year last year. They have a really good defense. It, it is actually a, look. I think Clemson will win, but it's a fascinating game because. Clemson is, you know, thinks it's fixed its its offense with with the new coordinator from from TCU. Now they get to kind of put it to the test right away against a you know a team that really can play defense. Yeah, look, that, that's going to be a fun one. Actually, um, I'm surprised the line is even as high as it is. I think it's 13. I would have thought it might be closer to 10. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun one. I mean, um, kind of a sneaky good game to end the end the first weekend. 
No, I agree with that. Great stuff, Zach. We appreciate it. Great coverage, as always, in the New York Post. And enjoy the rest of your Labor Day weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. Zach Braziller, New York Post. Good stuff, as always, from him. College basketball, college football mix. We're going to fit in a phone call here before we take our next break. Let's go to Joe in Pawtucket. Good morning, Joe, on the Patriots. What's up? Good morning. Well, I talk about the Patriots, but I want to talk about primetime Deion Sanders. What a debut we had uh, yesterday afternoon. What a game it was, back and forth. And I, TCU was in the national championship game last year, and everyone doubted him uh, that he uh, probably doubted him about this uh, coaching thing. But he's going to prove people wrong, and his son is a hell of an athlete. He threw for 500, 510, 15 yards, and a bunch of touchdowns. He could, he, he's a mobile quarterback. He reminds me of Mahomes, and I think that Williams kid from USC will be another Patrick Mahomes type player. There's a lot of good quarterbacks this year coming up in the North Carolina uh, uh, game yesterday, too. And um, what do you thought about the Patriots and on their offensive line this year and how many wins they will have? And I'll hear your thoughts. And college basketball season's coming up. Go Fries for all the local teams. All right, Joe, thanks. Uh, as far as the Patriots go, very concerned about their offensive line. Uh, that's you don't have to be you know you don't have to know you don't have to be Bill Belichick to know that that's a major problem. Uh, and the, again, their their talent judgment is not good right now. You bring in Riley Reef on a big contract, he can't get on the field. You you draft a Cole Strange, he's having trouble getting on the field. He wasn't good last year. He was mediocre at best. You pick him in the first round, not good, not good, not a great success rate on that O-line the last couple of years. And that's if you're Mac Jones headed into a huge year, especially with your contract, maybe, or will they, or won't they sign him? That's a big year for Mac Jones, big year for the team. And you got a leaky offensive line. You're running for your life and he can't run. So maybe that's why they brought in Mac Corral. If, if Mac Jones gets hurt, Bill O'Brien seems to like Mac Corral, likes that type of quarterback, more of a spread quarterback outside the pocket and, 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 and Boston media wake up. Like, where were you? Like, you didn't – I was listening to one show that shall remain nameless, Tim Welsh, but I know it drives you nuts, especially in college basketball, but you got to have a little knowledge of college football. If you're working in the Boston media, you got to know a little bit about college football. I'm sorry. I know it's not on your radar 100, 100, 100 out of 100, but you got to know who Matt Corral is. He was a name last year. The Patriots were considering drafting him. He was an Ole Miss quarterback that was really good. He dropped for whatever reason. Carolina releases him. They didn't like him, yada, yada, yada. A couple Boston shows, not exactly doing your homework, calling you out. I, and that just bugs me as a college football guy, and I know it bugs you sometimes as a college basketball guy. It's okay. You can you can pay attention a little bit to college football. It should be part of your job. Well, you know, that's, that's the way it is, and that's not going to change really that much in this area. You know that. But um... – you know, you and I'll pay attention to it. You more than me, because you're you're the expert. I, I'll lean on, but you know the ex the, the real analysis is how are they going to fix this offensive line? You know, can it be fixed? You know what what do you think they're going to do about that situation? I think they're trying to mix and match with guys like they brought in this week. A guy Tyrone Wheatley Jr., who was a defensive lineman in Michigan, and now he's converted. Uh, or not in Michigan, wherever he went to school. Now he's converted to uh, offensive line, and they try to take a flyer on him. They take a flyer on this kid from Minnesota. 
that's what it's come to. It's a mix and match thing. It's 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 dicey at best. I mean, why now though? Why why wasn't this done in March? Good question. In April. Good question. I think they felt like you know, I guess health wasn't on their radar. It should be. It should always be on your radar as a coach. These guys are going to get hurt, and especially when a guy like Riley Reef, who's questionable anyway, and you know, if you're building around him as one of your building blocks, and I know that Owenu's coming back and Andrews is okay, and they'll probably be better than we think, as long as they are healthy. But still, it's it's a question mark, and that's this the roster is dotted with question marks. I think the defense is overrated. I think, first of all, let's look at special teams. Are you, are you confident Chad Ryland in week one, if it comes down, which it won't, because I think Philadelphia is going to blow him out. But you come any any week, Chad Ryland, is he going to win a game for you as a kicker? Yeah, I mean, you had a you had a lockdown kicker and, and you traded him. I'm sure it's all about money, which has been with them forever. And it's just more evident now. It's now just come to – come to the forefront because they don't have Tom Brady. So that's, that's the thing. And, uh, you know, you draft the kicker. I'm not confident that that guy, you're going to need the kicker too. Every team does obviously, but maybe more because they're not going to score as many touchdowns as the chiefs and the bills and the jets. They're not going to put the ball in the end zone. You know, they're going to be stopped at the 30. And now what do you, now what do you do? So they better hope. Or else they're going to be back to the drawing board. I mean, they were lucky that folk worked out, but he was he was locked down. He was locked down for them. So yeah, interesting, it's, another interesting move. It's just one of those things that you know it kind of kind of flashes for you. And a good tweet from our friend Karen Garigian today about Matt Patricia now as a defensive assistant with Philadelphia, and Matt Patricia. That's probably his best role. Philadelphia hires him. You think in week one he's going to know how to deal with Mac Jones? Last time Matt Patricia was in that role, it was it was a really bad game for Tom Brady, and that was 2018. And I'm sure you know, it's not a guarantee of anything, but Matt Patricia knows the weaknesses of Mac Jones, and he knows the weaknesses of the Patriots' offense. He was part of that last year, but that's an interesting subplot to this game. Yeah, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying anything positive coming from the Matt Patricia front with all due respect to Karen. I mean, I'm knowing it and making sure you execute it is, is one thing. And it, they don't need him to, to tell me they have a good defense. You know, they already had a good defense. It's not going to be because of him and, and what he knows about the no. Patriots. And, and the other thing with that too, is that, you know, their offense is going to be totally different this year. It'll be totally different. And interesting stuff this week about Juju Smith Schuster and his knee and his ability, you know, that is to me is another huge question mark. You know, will he be able to, you know, be that guy they thought he was going to be when they signed him? I don't think they, I don't think he is. Well, that's another thing. It's like, it's like, oh, it's like, I love how people just over, maybe, maybe they don't. I just feel that they are, but they're overlooking the Taekwon Thornton brutal pick. Guy can't get on the field. I, I, I told you when they drafted him. It's going to be a problem. Durability, major question. You can't draft a six foot, one hundred sixty pound receiver. He's going to get hurt. I don't care if he runs a four three. That was a problem. He was a dicey guy at Baylor. Continues to have issues in the NFL. Can't do right. it. Jacoby Myers as well. I mean, letting him walk. Another baffling decision. A guy that you you know what you had. You knew what you had. 
wanted to be here. The quarterback liked him. Uh, why are you letting him walk? Another just confusing situation. It's a confusing team. They're, 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 they're in that murky middle. They're, they're going to be lucky to win eight games this year. I And I'll stake that one. I mean, that's – is that – again, we talked earlier about the Red Sox in the bar. What's your bar for the Patriots? Phone line's open, 401-777-1037. What's your bar? Eight wins? You're going to be happy? I doubt it. Nine wins? Happy? Ten wins? Happy? I mean, playoffs? I'm guessing you're happy with that. You can speak to us about that. Joe Passarelli, you're up next on Meter and the Coach. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 